thank you so much. Please take a seat. I'm so pumped about tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited. Seeing uh, John's video like that we saw earlier, John, who, you know, came, heard Chance the Rapper, saw the number three. See, notice I say Chance. That's like a key. We think, thank you, band. Like, let's give the band a hand. They're so good. We'll hear a bit more from them later. But, yeah, see, I said Chance. Like, that's probably like a bit of a Kiwi accent that I still have. But Chance the Rapper, God can use anyone to speak into your life. But I love that, how, how John, he talked about uh, how it, God has been transforming not only his life, but his family's life. And in like 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, I've been thinking about this message, and I thought, oh, what, am, what, what is it? What is it? And I, I got this title, More Than Meets the Eye. Now, has anyone seen a Transformer movie? Like, come on. Oh, nobody. Like, yeah, that, that's right. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, see, leadership right there. He put his hand up. Like, come on. Like, so, you know, maybe 10 years ago, the first one came out about 10 years ago, and I remember taking my two sons to see that movie. And, and that's the thing, Transformers more than meets the eye. But that's what Transformers, like the movie is about, you know, it's got Autobots in it, like they got, you know, Optimus Prime. And Autobots, that's right, they're, they're the good guys. They're the protectors of the earth versus the Decepticons. That's right. They're the bad guys. They're the destroyers of the earth. So what they are, they're robots, but they can turn into like these awesome cars, you know, like Bumblebee used to turn into a yellow car. They, they turn into planes, all sorts of things, and then they can transform back. So they can transform just like that. And I, I used to love that story because it's about um, Autobots and Decepticons, and, you know, it's like the battle between good and evil. And that's what most of those movies are about. They're about a battle between good and evil. And I think about, like, when... 15 years ago, when I gave my heart to God, when I invited him into my life, some amazing changes started to happen to me. Like I am, and still am, transforming from the things that, that he's done in my life. And you might be here tonight and you don't have a relationship with God, that's fine. Like I'll give you an opportunity a bit later on to invite him into your life, but just, just relax and listen because this is a good, good story. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So when I started transforming, though, there was battles on the inside of me between good and evil. Like I would like start all my old habits that I used to have, they would still rear up their ugly head. <laughs> so it was like a, it was like a, like a battle, like, oh, my gosh, and I'm going to share some of those with you. Like you've got to keep it in this room, though, okay? Like, yeah, yeah, because, you know, then not something that I'm proud of, like some of those things. But I've got to say, I am a work in progress, but I've, I've got to say that I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. I mean, who here is a little bit nicer since they come and, and found Jesus? Oh, look, yeah, a little bit nicer? That's good. I'm glad to hear that. So, yes, as I said, the title of my message is More Than Meets the Eye because you are more than meets the eye. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you're more than meets the eye. Okay, turn to the other one and go, so are you, so are you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. 
So, <laughs> so it, I always knew that there was more to life than the life that I was living at the time. I thought there's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. And there's always that desire to change. And I used to be intrigued by stories like Cinderella, the transformation. You know, she'd get slapped around by her horrible sisters and her mean stepmother and kicked with ashes and stuff like that. But then she becomes a princess. Amazing, amazing. It's that transformation. It's that, and I, it, I think, oh, wow, you know, that frog, that ugly, like, green frog and gets kissed by a princess and turns into a prince. Like, all those things. But it's, it's the story of transformation. I used to be intrigued with those kinds of things because deep inside of us, there is something in all of us that knows that we are more than meets the eye, that there is more to life than the life we're living. Yes, that's right. So in Romans 12.2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Good and pleasing and perfect. So in another version, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, the word transformed in the Greek, and the reason I'm saying like in Romans, Romans is from the New Testament, and the New Testament was written in Greek. So the Old Testament was in the Bible. It's split into two, old and new. Old was written in Hebrew, and the new was written in Greek. So in, in the Greek, the word transformed means metamorpho. Now, that sounds pretty similar to some other word, doesn't it? It actually describes like the metamorphosis, a process like, for example, when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. I know. Isn't that just amazing? A caterpillar and a butterfly? Like, they change from the inside out. It starts off where a butterfly lays eggs, on, and, they, and they lay the eggs on a leaf because the moment that a caterpillar comes to life, the first thing it does is eat. It just eats. So if it didn't, the egg didn't actually land on a leaf or something that it could eat, it's going to die. So it, 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 isn't it incredible? And that's all they do, those little fat caterpillars. Like, they just eat. That's their job. That's their purpose in life is to eat, 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 eat. All right. So we've, we've got a caterpillar. They just eat. And then, then eventually there, there comes a chrysalis. So that is... The caterpillar breaks itself down. I know. It just like break it down to all this like mushy like caterpillar soup. I I know. Ooh, ooh. And then it becomes a chrysalis. But then, hello, the chrysalis starts to open and the butterfly is like peeking out. Isn't it amazing how you got this caterpillar and it's all squished up like soup and then it gets these little butterfly eyes and stuff like that. So that starts peeking out and there's a little hole in it like these guys. Like, have you seen this process before, Shorty? Like, so, so the eyes, they're peeking out and they start to start to like flap around to try and get out. Now, the thing about this is you can... If you jumped the gun and you saw a chrysalis and you thought, oh, you know, that butterfly, it is struggling to get out. Like, I need to help it. I need to help that poor thing. And, and you, like, you know, cut, cut it so that it can get out. Oh, I know, don't do that. <laughs> because 
that caterpillar will never fly. If you pull it, pull it out of a chrysalis before it's actually got out itself, it will not fly. It'll just crawl around like it was a caterpillar still until it dies. Oh, that's so sad, right? That's sad. But, but just thinking about that, that transformation process, that transformation is like, I was going to say it's like us. <laughs> We're like these little caterpillars. But it's like us. We go through struggles in life sometimes. We go through these struggles. And I'm not saying don't help anybody when this happens, but what I'm trying to... <laughs> Hear me now, I'm not saying do not help. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes there's an inner struggle. There's a struggle that you go through. And sometimes you need to think, hey, this is helping me to grow. Because that butterfly's wings, they don't actually get strong enough unless they get the struggle to get out of that chrysalis. Have you ever been through a struggle before? And you thought, man, I'm never going to get over this. Oh, I just can't get through This is just so hard. But hey, you got over it because this too shall pass. And when you do, have you noticed that the next time something like that happens again, it's nowhere near as hard. In fact, you've probably conquered it. Do you see? There's growth in a struggle. So think about that next time you're struggling. Think about that little flap and little like butterfly. Like you can do it. You can do it. Get those wings happening. It's a process. It's a process. So, so just keep that in mind. I mean, I think about when I did Taekwondo for five years. When I first went along, I couldn't hardly, I mean, I could punch, but I couldn't really... <laughs> But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that there'd be much power in it, you know, and kicks were a bit like, you know, girly. Oh, my gosh, did I say that? Anyway, like, you know, punching and kicking. But that's because it's new. That's what happens when things are new. You, you know, it takes a while. It, it took some training. But as I started to train, like, I got better at punching. Oh, yes, I did. And then I got better at kicking too. And then, then what happened? It was harder to do jumping punches and jumping kicks. Do you understand what I mean? I've conquered the punching and kicking, but now there's harder ones. You know, you've got to jump and punch and jump and kick. Yeah, I know. But when you start working on those, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you start doing that, all of a sudden you conquer that as well and you go on to the next thing. This is what life is like. You're going to have things in your life that are tough, that are hard, that you're not really even that great at. But the more you train, the more you practice, the more time you put into it, you'll conquer it. It's all good. It's all good. So we talked about like transformed. We know that little transformation between the caterpillar and the butterfly. Now, now it says that the word, it also said transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word renewed, it's like renovation. So if we were renovating a house, it's, it's taking out all the old things and putting in new things, isn't it? if you're renovating. So your mind actually needs that complete renovation. It's taking out all the old things and putting in new things. Now, I think about this when I gave my heart to Christ. Lord, boy, I had a lot. I had like a mansion of old things that I needed to take out. And I had this little shack beside it, which was my new things. But it, over time, the new things got bigger and the old things got less. So, so it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. 
You see, transformation is not just behavior modification. Like a policeman, they can give you some behavior modification. If you're speeding, if you are speeding, if you're a speeder, Jeremy, uh, like, I don't don't know. And, and, And the police, and the police come, <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the police come, and then suddenly, suddenly you see the police, all of a sudden you stop and you slow down. See, that's behavior modification, isn't it? That's right. That's all it is, though, because as soon as they're gone, vroom, off you go again. Yeah, that's right, Jeremy. But the, but the very... <laughs> and, and I think about that. I, 15 years ago, I used to swear a little bit. I won't give you any demonstrations. <laughs> I was pretty good at it, actually. But, but when I became a Christian, all of a sudden, like when I used to swear, I'd get these, this little bit of like a cringe factor happen on the inside of me. All of a sudden, I'm thinking like, oh, wow. I'm not thinking I'm enjoying saying that anymore. And this is what happened. I started to modify my behavior, but after a while, I just really didn't like it. So that's how I started. I, so I stopped swearing. So the behavior modification was going on. However... I still had a way to go because if somebody said something to me that I didn't like, I wouldn't say anything out of my mouth, but on the inside, I'd give them the fingers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right there, right there. And, and that's what I would see. I'd see a picture of myself like, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. See? Just a behavior modification. Not really a heart transformation yet. That's right. But then as we went along, we got better at that, you know. Turned to one finger. No, I didn't. No, 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 no. Stop doing that altogether. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? Transformation is a process. It takes time. It doesn't happen. Some things just don't happen just like that. But it's all good because we are a work in progress. Yes, we are. So how can you change your thinking like renew your mind that we've just talked about and have that heart transformation. For me, probably the number one thing that helped me to change my mind, renew my mind, was the Word of God, reading the Bible, meditating on the Word of God. And meditate means to mutter. In Joshua 1.8, it says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So I, I, one day I just woke up and I said, man does not live by bread alone. Now I woke up out of, out of sleep saying that. I had no idea what that was about. I, had, I had, wasn't reading the Bible. I'd started going to church. And then something gelled in me like, maybe that's in the Bible. So I got the concordance out, which I used to call an accordion at the time because I didn't know what it really was. But the concordance, you can look up different words and it shows. So I looked up, you know, bread. And I found a scripture in the Bible that says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And right there... I was like that caterpillar that landed on the leaf. That, that, you know, it started with the egg and then boom, it woke me up and I wanted to eat the word of God. All of a sudden, I got this hunger. I want to know God. I want to know his word. And so I did. I started to get scriptures 
out of the Bible and I would write them on cards and I would memorize them and learn them over and over and over again because I was hungry to know God. I was hungry to transform. I was hungry to have whatever God wanted for me, my best life that he had for me, the plan that he had for me. So I wrote out, I mean, scriptures like in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your paths. Now, I picked that on purpose because I needed to trust God and I needed to not lean on my own understanding because, man, I used to have some thoughts like, oh, my gosh, especially at the beginning, like, what am I doing? Is this just stupid? Like, is this for real? God, are you even for real? I would have thoughts like that all the time. So I started saying his word, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him first and he will direct my path. And he did that. Over and over again, he did that. And then I started to think, I want to hear from you, God. So in Jeremiah 33, 3, there's a scripture that says, call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. So I learned that. I thought, I'm going to call to you, God, and you're going to tell me great and mighty things that I do not know. And he started to do that. I would start to hear, like, oh, wow, I meant to do this in big and small things. It didn't matter. I would start to hear from where to go. It was just so good. I was just like a hungry caterpillar, little fat hungry caterpillar. But, but that's what it's all about. It started to change me because what happens, when you meditate on the word of God, it changes to application. It started me like actually connecting my thoughts to my actions. So your thoughts become words and your words become actions. Your actions lead to your habits and your habits can change your destiny. So the word of God is like one way you can do that. I did Bible college here uh, as well. Uh, and Bible college was one thing that really transformed me because it was great. It wasn't just Bible college and what we learned there, but the other people that I did it with was incredible what you actually learn from the other people. And it was fun. Like I had a good time. It's like fun and the word of God and people was just like, loved it, loved it, learned so much there. But I got to know God better. And I remember filling out my application to do Bible college, and it said, like, why do you want to do it? And I wrote down, to know him, like, like to know God and make him known. Because that, that's why I wanted to do Bible college. I wanted to know God, but I wanted to make him known. I mean, why would I not want people to know God when I know what he's done in my life? Why would I want people to suffer, be in pain, be sick, you know, have marriages that are just falling apart, whatever it is? Why would I want that when Jesus is the answer to that? So I want to make him known. All right, so... Read the Bible. That's a good one right there. So you might need, you know, I want you to think about that. Is there, what step can you take that can help you learn more about the Word of God? It might be Bible college. It might be reading, just reading the Bible. It might be, you know, five minutes of reading every day or read a chapter, whatever it is. Get, get a plan and just start doing that. What is it that you can do to read the Word of God? It might be writing a scripture that is just really on your heart on a, on a card and learning it and memorizing it. Just one, 
just one and then another one and then another one, you'd be amazed how God's word can move, move your heart and move your life, really. So the second thing is, so the first one is like read the Bible. Second one, relationships make a difference in how we think. Who are you hanging with? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see some smiles and some... Because you need to think about, we inherit our thinking from people that we hang around with. Our parents, our teachers, our friends. Who you hang with affects your thinking. Yeah. Um, like, so get, like, important elements of getting our thoughts higher is being around the correct kind of relationships. If you want to get higher thinking, hang with higher thinking people. And you can do that by spending time with God, talked about that, being at church on Sundays, being in a group. We've got lots of different groups, all ages, all different things. We've got social interest groups. We've got uh, connect groups. We've got prayer groups. Being in a group because it's who you're hanging with. Hang with the right people. You might want to do an internship. We've got like 11 interns this year, who, and they get to hang with our staff. They get to hang with, uh, they get mentored. Who are you hanging with? Do you have a mentor? That could be another question for you. That's right. So who are you hanging with? Lots of different groups. So I want you to think on that one. What's a step that you can take to make sure you're around the correct relationships? And it might just be coming to church every Sunday. Or it might be joining a group. Hang with the right people. So my third one, so we had read the Bible, relationships, make sure you got the right relationships. And my third one is serving. Serving changed my thinking because it develops your heart, it develops your character, it develops patience, it develops confidence, and it develops your capacity, the ability to handle responsibility. Like Joe, our leader here, like by serving, he, he will grow in his capacity to be a leader because that's how you do it. Like, like as you serve. So next steps, we talked about that, how we've got, when we've got four, uh, and they go every month, first week is vision and values, second week is living your best life, where you, you can join a group and get that correct relationships, the right relationships happening. And then uh, week three is discover your purpose, where you do a like a lab-type test on your personality and your spiritual gifts. And then week four, which is this week here, is where you join the dream team, where you bring your passions, abilities, your spiritual gifts, and your personality all together, and then God speaks to you in, this, in that week four, and you just know where you want to serve, where your sweet spot is. And sometimes, I talked to the guys this morning, I thought, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be in your sweet spot right at the beginning, because God will actually lead you to where that is, just start serving. Just start serving. So that's what uh, happened for me. I just started serving, and God led me on this path. I, I started flipping sausages, and the next minute I was a, a deacon, which used to get the communion ready. And then the month later, I was like a team leader of the, of the deacons. I'm thinking, I don't know how that happened, but see, God leads you along. Then um, I came here, got, did Christians Against Poverty, money manager. I was a money manager, but I always had a heart for uh, new Christians. 
people ha- that have just come to know Christ. And probably because of the way I felt about the big change for me when I came to Christ. So then I was on the new Christian support team, which is now called our Yes Team. And then all of a sudden I was the leader of that team. And then I became the new Christian's pastor. But God will lead you to your destiny when you serve. He will bring out the gifts in you when you serve. He will place people that will see the leadership in you when you serve. Serving's awesome. Yeah. Did you, do you think I like serving? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So in Jeremiah 1.5, like God, God told Jeremiah, uh, it's also true for you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for my holy purpose. God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Before you were born, he set you apart. Whether you know him now or not, he did this already. He gave you a purpose. He made you unique. Unique means without rival. You are unique. The gift that God has placed in you is unique. It's without rival. You are called to do the purpose that he's given you. And, you know, God, he loves variety because he wouldn't have created us all so differently. I mean, even down to our fingerprints, none of our fingerprints are the same. Unique, without rival. There's only you. There's only you. Isn't that amazing? I find that just so amazing. And sometimes you think, oh, well, you know, I don't know. Like, is my gift, am I going to be up there talking or whatever? It's, It's not about where you serve. It's about where God places you to serve. And it's not about everything is equal in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter where you're serving, whether you're on the Gleam team, whether you're on stewards, whether you're up here. It's all the same. And just to give you an example of that, like your heart is a pretty important organ, isn't it? Can you see it? No, you cannot. Your pancreas, that's also, it's vital. Can you see it? No. Sometimes the most important and the most vital places of serving God, you can't see it. But God can. Without those things, you know, I could probably live without my hand, but I can't live without my heart. Everything in God is vital. Yeah. Come on. Love it, love it, love it. So, uh, Galatians 6, 4 Uh, 6, 4 to 5, it says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. We don't need to compare ourselves to anyone. It doesn't matter. It it just doesn't matter. We don't have to because that's why we're unique. We're without rival. Don't ever worry about what someone else is doing, what they're serving, what their gift is. Who cares? It's about what your gift is. And God can bring that to light as you serve. So be encouraged. So just like um, before we, I want to actually pray for the things that you've thought about during this time, about where can you step up? Can you step up in the word of God? Can you step up? And relationship, is it going to a group? Is it doing Bible college? Can you step up in serving? 
whatever it is. Like, I just want you to just close your eyes a moment as I invite the band back. And I want you to think about where you can step up. And you might be having a step up. There's education step ups. Is it uni? Is it Bible college? Is it TAFE? A career step up. You could have just got promoted. A financial step up. Is it time that you started that business you've thought about? A family step up. Is it time you spent more time with your family? What is it that you need to step up in? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for each person here. And I thank you, Lord, that you are clear, that your word is powerful and mighty. I thank you, Father, that as people are praying here, that you will point out to them, that you will show them a picture, that you will give them a word, that you will lead them in the direction that, Father, when we trust in you with all our hearts, when we lean not on our own understanding, Father, when we acknowledge you and we acknowledge you now, that, Lord, you would direct our paths. I thank you, Father, for each step up that is going on in people's minds now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And while you've got your eyes closed and you saw John's story of transformation and you've heard a little bit about mine as well. Yes, 15 years ago, I... Um, I'd been brought up to believe in God, but didn't really have a relationship with him. And I've got to say, 15 years ago, I was lost. But I didn't think I was lost. But I was an angry little control freak. And I knew that there was more than meets the eye to me. I knew that there was more in my life. But I just didn't know what. I knew something was missing. And I had this like gap in my heart and I just couldn't work it out. So I'd try to fill it with material things, buying a new car, a new house, whatever it is, to fill that gap. But it just didn't work. But I always knew something is missing. And a friend of mine started going to a church in Brisbane. And I saw her transformation. I saw her start to treat her kids differently. She started to speak differently. She seemed so much happier. And I wanted to know more about that. And so she encouraged me to go along to a church. And 15 years ago, I walked into a church just like this one. And the people there looked happy, and the person that was talking, you know, in the, in the music, and I didn't know what was going on, but something was going on on the inside of me. Had no idea what, but I just felt different. The atmosphere was different. And when the person that was speaking gave us an opportunity at the end to invite Jesus into our life. He talked about a God that loved me and accepted me just the way I was. He talked about a God that could give me a fresh start, a God that could bring joy and peace into my life. And I wanted that. So when he asked me to respond by lifting up my hand, I put my hand up because I thought, you know, I want a fresh start. I want joy in my life. I want peace. And then he prayed for me. And when he prayed for me, there was an overwhelming sense of peace 
in my life. Just poured out upon me. I'd never, a peace that I'd never, ever felt before. And from that day forward, my life began to change bit by bit in the process. And today, you know, from not having a purpose, I have purpose in my life. I'm not that angry little control freak anymore. But there is a joy that is on the inside of me that just bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up, and spills out into every area of my life. And my life is not always sweet. Things happen in life. But no matter what my circumstances are, doesn't matter what's going on around me, I know that God is with me and he's for me. And tonight... I want to give you that same opportunity.